growing up in Nebraska, I spent a lot of summertime working on my grandpa's farm. He and my uncle raised cattle and hogs, which meant one of the necessary but least desirable jobs was cleaning the livestock pens with a shovel and big boots. Being the greenhorn in the extended family, I was the one who often got the least desirable job of cleaning the pig pens. Why do I tell you this? Well, because I want to give you fair warning that today's devotional has to do with manure. Wisdom, skillfully living in God's world, at times include a, includes a, a willingness to put on our boots, to grab our shovel, and to clean out the barn. Why would I tell you this? Because today we look at God's wisdom in the book of Proverbs, and our proverb today is Proverbs 14, verse 4. One of my favorite Proverbs in, in, in the Bible, it says this, Where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. Let me read that one more time. Proverbs 14, verse 4, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean, but abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. Now, this proverb was written in an era when there were no John Deere tractors on the farm. The tractors of their day were the oxen, and in an agrarian culture, oxen provided the power, the muscle that was necessary to plow, plant, and harvest the crops. That's why the second part of verse 4 says, abundant crops come by the strength of the ox. This is their source of income. This is their source of livelihood. This is what put food on the table. So no oxen, no muscle, meant no abundant crops. But however beneficial the oxen was to the farmer, there was a downside. Ox produce a lot of filthy, smelly manure, and they do so in your barn, which means the farmer if they are to benefit from the strength of the ox, must also accept the necessary but undesirable job of putting on the boots, grabbing the shovel, and cleaning up the manure in the barn. Productivity comes at a price. So over time, you can imagine the farmer growing weary of cleaning up after the oxen in the barn. As he's shoveling the nasty manure, he may think to himself the very thing that we see in the first part of verse 4. Hmm, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean. Simply put, no oxen means no mess. And so the farmer might be tempted to get rid of the oxen in order to have a clean barn. But before the farmer was to get rid of the mess-producing ox... Proverbs 14, verse 4, wisely calls on the farmer and on us to count the costs and to accept the mess, to see the mess as something that was worth it. Because no oxen may mean clean barns, but no oxen also means no crops. No crops means starvation, no income. Friends, the reality is that life is messy. And so there are a number of ways that we can apply the wisdom of Proverbs 14, verse 4 today. But for the purpose of this devotional today, I want us to consider how Proverbs 14, verse 4 specifically applies to human relationships. 
Now, when we go back to the very beginning of the Bible, we see God creating in Genesis 1 and 2. And as you see God creating, you know, let there be light, and there was light, and he creates the the the, the planet, he's, the, the earth, the water, he, he creates a separation. Every time he's creating something, we hear the, re, the repeated refrain, it was good, it was good, it was good. God creates, and then it was good. And so when you read the account in Genesis 1 and 2, when God says in Genesis 2 verse 18, it is not good that man should be alone, that statement kind of pops out. It grabs our attention because it's different. It's not good for man to be alone. And so God creates Eve, also made in God's image. And so you see the first human-to-human relationship formed. And as you see in Genesis 1 and 2, this relationship was bliss. It was paradise. There was no mess. It wasn't until sin entered the picture in Genesis 3 that Adam and Eve began to blame each other, hide from each other in the shame that comes with sin. And we see relationships broken by sin. Relationships became messy. And so like the farmer... We may grow tired of the mess-producing relationships, and we may assume that going solo is the solution. But friends, we can't erase the image of God. We are still made in the image of God, even though there's sin in this world. And so it's still, to this day, not good for us to go alone. Now, applying Proverbs 14, verse 4 in the context of the relationships is, is us recognizing that theological truth, that God created us to need each other. Yes, we need God. That's, that's first and foremost. And he also created us as those made in his image to need each other. Relationships are messy in a fallen world. But even so, they are worth it. The abundant crops, the benefit of relationships far outweighs the task of cleaning the proverbial manure from the barns of our relationships. It's worth it. Now, before we move any further in our devotional today, I need to make one important clarification. The ox in this proverb is the relationship. It's not the person. (laughs) And I need to say this because this verse does not justify you or I saying to someone who makes our lives difficult, well, you're such an ox. I always have to clean up after you. That's, that's, this verse does not justify us saying that. We have to keep in mind that in this proverb, the oxen is the relationship, not the person. So with that in mind, let's consider two categories of relationships, church membership and friendship. And again, I I recognize there's a lot of different categories of relationships. We could look at marriage. We could look at uh, brother and sister or sibling relationships. We could look at co-worker relationships. But I want to focus on church membership and friendship. First of all, church membership. At our members meeting this past Sunday, we had the joy of taking in and covenanting with four new folks who became members of our church family. As you read the Bible, church membership is actually assumed in the New Testament. There's no such thing as a lone ranger Christian. I got my Bible, I got Jesus, and that's all I need. God made us such that we need each other, and we rely on each other as a church family to make it to the end in the Christian life. Let me give you two examples of this in the New Testament. 
In Ephesians 4, verses 15 and 16, Paul writes, Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, that's the church, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part, those are the members, is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Paul's very clear there that we need each other to grow. Or take another example, the writer in Hebrews 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging each other, one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. It comes as no surprise to say that this last year has been a crazy one. And as a church, we trust God and his providence in the many things that are beyond the reach of our minds that we've had to walk through this past year. What is hidden to us is not hidden to God. As a church family, we've made difficult decisions along the way to make our way through the pandemic as safely as possible. And as grateful as we are for online services or other changes that we've made along the way, we need to remember many of these fixes are not long-term solutions. We're thankful for them, but they're not long-term solutions. Online church services are convenient. Not seeing people face-to-face can reduce the mess that comes from human relationships. But we need to remember, as this proverb reminds us, clean barns come at a cost. And so, yes, we should be thankful for the technology that has allowed us to continue under God's word this past year together. But at the same time, we should pray for an end to the pandemic so that we as soon as possible can gather again safely and see each other face-to-face. As the Apostle John notes in 2 John 12, I have much to write to you. I would rather not use paper and ink. And we might include online. And he goes on to say, I hope to come to you and talk face to face so that our joy may be complete. Amen. Another category to think through the application of Proverbs 14 verse 4 is that of friendships. Now, back in December, Pastor Tyrone uh, had a wonderful devotional on Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, which says, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. And he talked about the importance of us as brothers and sisters sharpening each other in love. But as when iron sharpens iron, we know that sparks fly. It can be painful. It can be painful when two people are sharpening each other. That spark-flying pain can come from a friend holding us accountable and challenging us in love to follow Jesus. As Proverbs 27, 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, and deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. But sometimes the sparks fly not from a loving rebuke of a brother and sister in Christ. It can come from us being let down, from going through disappointment or hurt that comes from a friend who disappointed us. You think of the proverb that says, uh, um, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Every friendship is composed of two sinners. That's the only type of human friendships that we have. So eventually, when a friendship between two sinners goes on long enough, they're, they're going to have to deal with the pain that comes from sin or being sinned against. Or as our proverb puts it today, Eventually, we're going to find manure in our barn that comes from that friendship. Church, it may be that you've been hurt in the past, let down by somebody, 
in a, in a very painful way. And in order to protect yourself or in order to avoid the pain of being hurt by someone or having to deal with the hassle of cleaning up that mess, you may have learned to keep people at arm's length. Sure, when people look at you, you have associations with people. It looks like you have friends, but no one really knows you. You don't really know other people really well. There's not friendships that are, are deep and transparent. If so, it might be that you've adopted the idea that no oxen means no mess. And so you've learned to isolate yourself. While that's understandable, wisdom warns us that isolation comes at a cost. We miss out on the benefits that come from the strength of friendships. As the preacher in Ecclesiastes tells us, a string by itself will snap under pressure. But he says in chapter 4, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Better to be in a friendship with two or three people where our lives are, are wound together rather than being a string that can snap under pressure by ourselves. And so to those who are trying to protect their hearts from from pain by avoiding friendships, C.S. Lewis offers a very helpful warning and an encouragement in his book titled The Four Loves. He says, and I quote, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock up your heart safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, your heart will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. I think he's right there. And I think one of the things that helps us remember and, and have the courage to enter into the relationships where we, we, we might have our hearts hurt or even broken, where we might have manure in the burdens of our relationships, one of the things that helps us to enter into those relationships and to be vulnerable is realizing that even if or even when our hearts are broken, we have a God that we can go to who actually puts the pieces of our hearts back together. And he will not let us down. Now, that does not mean that we should open our hearts to every fool. Proverbs often has a statement like it does in 14 verse 4, but then offers uh, additional wisdom. So three verses later in Proverbs 14 verse 7, it says, Leave the presence of a fool, for there you do not meet words of knowledge. So I think part of the wisdom of Proverbs is recognizing that having boundaries in a toxic relationship can be the wise thing to do. And friends, if that's where you're at or you might be, I'd encourage you, don't go that road alone. If, if you're wondering how to navigate a, a relationship which might need boundaries, talk to an elder. Uh, look for help in navigating that relationship. Look for help in kind of thinking through what godly wisdom or biblical wisdom looks like. But once we recognize some of the extremes that we need to avoid, given the wisdom of what we should avoid, we, we shouldn't be surprised by the messes that come with normal friendships and healthy friendships. That mess is in some sense unavoidable if we're going to be honest with each other. And so knowing that, as Proverbs says, we should grab our shovels. We should put our boots on and 
with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, we should be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. We should let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from us, along with all malice. We should strive to be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave us. That's Ephesians 4, verses 2 and 3, and Ephesians 4, verses 31 and 32. We do so knowing that it's worth it. Abundant crops come by the strength of the ox.